Welcome into another episode of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined by Rob Casty. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Woody Womack. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you are listening to two men who uh, lost, what, five figures each yesterday? In my- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not a good day. And it wasn't even, we even gamble. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's, a long, it's a long story, but you know what they say, there's no such thing as found money, and uh, Rob and I found that out the, the hard way last <laughs> So if you want to start a GoFundMe for us, uh, please go ahead and tag us in it on Twitter. Um, we want to remind everybody, tell a friend, leave a review. Uh, our numbers are rebounding. Uh, we had a good show on Sunday. Nick joined us. Rob uh, went MIA for the reunion show. Second time you've missed a Nick reunion show, by the way. Yeah, there's, I'm, there's, a, there's a grudge against Nick. I just haven't. I haven't made it public yet. This feels like, you know, this is like a band situation where the band breaks up because two people hate each other. Uh, <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I was just exhausted. Um, and I forgot I told you I was going to do it, and then I was in bed. <laughs> it was bad. All right, so uh, we are going to jump right into everything. Boy, I've got some surprises for you this week, which is always fun, uh, that I was working on earlier. So we're going to go through the games, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Florida State uh, coaching search latest. And then we're going to touch on a few other topics if we have time because we're in a bit of a hurry today. So let's jump right into the games. The first one, Alabama uh, traveling to Mississippi State. We're going to go with 19 as the line. I know it's moving around up and down, but uh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care who the quarterback is. It could be <laughs> Mac. It could be Tua. It could be you. Alabama's covering. I saw Mississippi State play twice this year. That's all I needed. Yeah, Mississippi State is sneakily one of the worst teams uh, in all of college football, and I just like in Power Five. I I, I wouldn't somehow they're they're four and five. Let me see which teams they've beaten because they can't be. I mean, they beat Louisiana by ten. They beat Southern Miss. They beat Kentucky, which that might have been the game Kentucky's quarterback got hurt, and they beat Arkansas. So I mean, <laughs> boy, <laughs> it's not great. And they have Alabama and – oh, they got ACU next week. Uh, uh, do you know what ACU is? Uh, Alcorn State? I No, Al, Abilene Christian, it looks so like. So they're getting bowl eligible then. Because yeah, they have to play – well, they have to play Abilene Christian that would make them five and six, assuming they lose this week, and then they play Ole Miss, uh, which so I would take. Let me ask take you Ole this, Miss Woody, now. before we get into things, because I was thinking about this last night when I couldn't sleep. Is every team in America bowl eligible? Like, who is not bowl eligible besides Kansas? Well, this this is a year where a lot of teams, especially like if you look at like the Pac-12 or the ACC, just so many teams are going to be between five and seven and seven and five. It's incredible. Um, this may be one of those years where some teams get left out. Which yeah, I always, like Kansas I'm, and Rutgers aren't going to make it, and everybody else has, has made it. I get really depressed when they're like, oh, UTEP – Won six games, but didn't get invited to a bowl. I feel so bad for the players. I don't know why. I shouldn't care, but it's like, you know, it's like they just circle that six wins and you get it and assume you're going to be in a bowl game and when they don't make it, uh, it's a bummer. I'm going to pick out when you get APR'd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the, yeah, when it comes down to the APRs to, to determine who gets in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot to mention last week, I went 11 and four. In the picks, which is incredible. You went eight and seven. So uh, we are both above 500 on the year. You are 89, 79, and three. And I'm 86, 82, and three. It could be worse. You know, there are podcasts out there where the hosts are under under the Mendoza line. All right. So we're rolling. So so next up, we're we're both taking Alabama. Mac Jones may play in this game. 
uh, may start instead of I'll tell you what, if Max starts, though, it wouldn't even more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a beat him down situation. Uh, Sorry, Mississippi State. I don't don't know what people are seeing to make them think that it's going to be anything otherwise. Uh, Next up, Indiana traveling to Penn State. Indiana somehow not ranked at 7-2, which is is odd. Uh, Penn State a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Give Penix me the old for the year, right, my man Michael Penix. Yeah, but they've been they've been playing uh, they've been playing the other guy uh, Peyton Ramsey. He's been doing great. Yeah, well, he's no Penix. No, but I uh, fourteen and a half. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Hoosiers. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, I know. I guess they're assuming Penn State's gonna bounce back, but and they need to show off or whatever. But it's like, yeah, no, I think Indiana's got a good enough defense and they can make enough plays to keep it relatively close. This game is tricky. Florida traveling to Missouri, a noon kick. Gators only a seven-point favorite. Kelly Bryant returning after not playing last week. This is the fishy line of the week. What do you think? So what has happened to Missouri? You know, they they started out 4-0 and and they beat, I think, three of those four, 5-0. and And I think or they started out 5-1. and and I think three of those wins are over power five teams. And no, they, they can't win on the road. That's that they stink on well, the road. They haven't won since. Right. But I mean, look at the games. Look at go look at their schedule, though. Okay. Let's pull it up. They lost at Wyoming. Then they came home and they won five straight. They had five straight home games and they had three on the road and they lost all of them. Yeah, I don't. You put more stock in home field advantage than I do. I think it's important. I don't think it's that. Important. I'm just telling you, they're they've won all five games at home and they've lost all four games on the road. What's the spread here? Uh, the spread is Florida by seven. It seems like Florida should win this game by twenty, right? That's what I'm saying. That's why it's fishy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Gators. I'm gonna take them too, but I don't know, man. Something is. This is this one stinks, doesn't it? It stinks a little bit. The yeah, early there was a line like that last week, and I got burned on it. I forgot what it was though. Where it was like, let's go. It was Penn State and Minnesota. Yeah, where you felt like Penn State should have been favored by more. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Wisconsin traveling to Nebraska. Wisconsin a fifteen point favorite. Uh, some some talk about whether or not. Uh, Wandale Robinson's going to play in this one. I, I meant to ask Lackford. He's our uh, Wandale insider. I'm actually going to take Nebraska to cover. Oh, I don't. Man. I, don't <laughs> I don't think Wisconsin's that good. I've been saying it. You want to take a danger? I mean, that's a dangerous proposition. And Wisconsin's not that good. But I don't think you have to be that good to cover against Nebraska, especially if their only good player is not going to play. <laughs> <laughs> their entire team. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Badgers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like the I mean, home field advantage. Is it really? There. I mean, it's probably inaccurate. They probably have other good players, but I mean, he's one do of like they? the very few good players. If he's not the only one. Okay, let's take a look. Let's do a quick a quick deep dive on uh, Nebraska. Okay, so JD Spielman is our leading receiver. He's having a good season. He's got 689 yards. Uh, Wandale has 326 yards rushing and 453 yards receiving. And yeah, ten touchdowns, uh, excuse me, five touchdowns. So, uh, and a lot of these other guys, Maurice Washington isn't even on the team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it's pretty crazy. Uh, they've played, they've played five quarterbacks. It's been a rough year for. It's definitely been a rough year for Nebraska. Yeah, it's uh, to the point where it's going to have to be a bounce back year next year. They're going to have to fire the hometown kid, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. People, I. I, I 
I saw like Tennessee fans. Why isn't Scott Frost on the hot seat? I'm like, because he's won one fewer game than Jeremy Pruitt. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really think they have something in Jeremy Pruitt, don't they? Yeah, they're they're cooking with gas now. Uh, Michigan State traveling to Michigan. Michigan State a 13 and a half point uh, underdog. Or excuse me, yeah, Michigan State's 13 and a half point underdog, and I'm taking uh, Big Blue here, uh, Michigan State. After did you see they blew the how they blew the game last week? No, I did not, but I saw the final score. They were up twenty to three and they lost. This is hard for me because on one hand Shea Patterson and on the other hand Michigan State. <laughs> I don't, I, it's tough. I'm gonna take Michigan State. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Spartans. I know it's a rivalry game, so that's something, but yeah, I don't I don't get it, man. I'm just like it may be there's been rumors and coaching change rumors. Uh, I don't think they would ever fire uh, D'Antonio. D'Antonio, but I almost said D'Antoni. Yeah, don't you always want to call him? You always want to call him Mike D'Antoni. Right, it's very, it's very confusing. But I think he might quit if they try to make him fire his assistants. Because you know, remember he just shuffled them all around. Yeah, it's really not very much different than the old Bill Snyder situation, where he's just you can't really fire him, but you got to kind of try to push him out the door. Right, exactly. It's gonna be so. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Kansas traveling to Oklahoma State. Kansas are, as a seventeen and a half point underdog. Uh, give me the old Jayhawks. I'm gonna ride I'm with, the, I'm riding with the Jays too and Puka. I, I do not think very much of Oklahoma State's defense. I'm taking the over to sixty-seven. Yeah, let's let's go. I think that one's gonna be a, that one's gonna be a shootout. Um, Chuba Hubbard, sixteen hundred and four yards rushing. That's incredible. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Puka, though, I did hear he's about to go over 2,000 career yards rushing himself if he has like a decent game in this one. So. <laughs> you want to talk about the only good player. <laughs> hey, Kansas still alive and the push for a bowl game. Wouldn't that this be is great? great. Uh, what, if they made a bowl? That's led him back to a bowl after everybody said that Kansas had basically killed their program by hiring less miles. Yeah, that would make me pretty happy. I wish they, if they would have won that Texas game, they could probably do it. Um Navy traveling to Notre Dame. Navy's ranked number 23 team in the country at seven and one. Notre Dame is a seven and a half point favorite. And, uh, you know, on this week of Veterans Day, I would be un-American to not pick the midshipmen to cover this. Uh, I don't mess with, I don't mess with Navy. I don't know. I think I've told that story on this podcast. Before. <laughs> um, I once got talked into betting on the army Navy game to Uber at two 30 in the morning, $500, which is the biggest sports bet I've ever made in my life. And not only when you lose and the Navy Army game doesn't suck because you lost, but it sucks because they bleed you out. So if Army jumps up and they're, they're underdogs like they did, then the rest of the game is just three yards and a cloud of dust. So it's like a slow bleed. It's like it's like water torture. It was the worst day of my life. I will never, right. I will never take Navy under any circumstance. I don't care if they're playing Miami Northwestern High School. <laughs> I think that was the year it's, it was the snow game, wasn't it? Yes. Also, but what makes it even worse is that all of college football Twitter is having a circle oh, jerk God. over the Army-Navy game at the same time. Yeah, not only will I never bet Navy again or pick Navy again, <laughs> I'm never watching that game again. I haven't watched it since 2017, and I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Why do Oregon State and Kansas run these offenses? <laughs> because nobody it's wants like to because, watch it. Right. This is a business, and people – yeah, exactly. It's amazing no you have to, to pretend to appreciate the, the offense too. Like it's exciting. 
let me tell you something. All these nerd college football people who advocate for the triple option never played in it. It's horrible. It's horrible to play in. That's all I played in in high school was two different variations of this horrible offense. It's boring to practice. It's boring to play. It stinks. So I'd rather go two and ten running the spread than go six and six running the the, the triple. Now I get why Navy and, and those schools do it. That's why we did it in high school is because we didn't have as much talent as the other schools. So we had to let Woody try to take out other players' knees, which you know my specialty. <laughs> well, anyway, end of the day, one of one of the hosts respects the troops. The other one's not respecting the troops. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this one is an interesting line. Ohio State traveling to Rutgers, and they are a fifth. 52-point favorite in this intra-conference clash here. Remember last week when I took whoever was playing uh, Ohio State? Maryland. Maryland, and it, it wasn't even close. I'm not making that mistake again. I think Ohio State's covering. <laughs> so Ohio State's in the Alabama zone yeah, here for you? No, I'm taking them. Rutgers I'm is so this. bad. I'm going to do the same. I had a friend text me and be like, Oh, come on, let's do Maryland. And he talked me into it. And then immediately, one second into the game, I was like, well, this is Steve. Yeah. I actually scrolled back in our text. And I was like, and I had texted him like two weeks earlier. And I was like, Maryland's horrible. Yeah, it was a terrible bet. I made it too. I was also on the Turtles for no reason. That was dumb. All right. Uh, Wake Forest traveling to Clemson. <laughs> How about this line? Clemson, a 34 and a half point favorite. Wakes without their wide receiver, whose name has escaped me for some reason. What's his name? Ch- uh, Chaz Surratt. He's gone. Their quarterbacks are kind of injured still, I think. I think Clemson's it, Oh, Sage. Excuse me. Chaz is his brother who plays for North Carolina. I think Clemson's covering this thing. I think Dabo still – I think they're probably a little scared. I mean, they're at three right now in the college football rankings. But I think that if things break a certain way, they're going <laughs> to – things might get dicey for Clemson. Uh, it's clear that they don't respect their schedule, the committee. And I think Dabo probably knows that, and it's going to be run up the score time. Yeah, also, Wake Forest gave up 62 points to Louisville. So, I mean, imagine how much Clemson could score. Uh, I could easily see this being a, a 63-17 to 17 type, type game. I think Clemson's going to score a lot of points here. Uh, one of the games of the week, Georgia traveling to Auburn. Now, Bill Trochi... Uh, Our editor, editor extraordinaire, sent me. You know, he wants me to pick the lines this week in his gambling bill column, uh-huh. and he sends me the line: Georgia minus seven. I was like, "Where are you getting these lines from? Minus seven? What's the actual line? <laughs> Two and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I picked Auburn anyway. I, th- th- this is also they're basically saying with this line that they think the game is even, and I I think. Auburn's defensive line is going to give uh, Georgia a lot of problems here. I like uh, Auburn to win just uh, at home outright. I'm also taking the Tigers. I, It's been kind of a – I don't want to say lucky, but Georgia's caught some breaks offensively. <laughs> we'll put it that way, I guess, and I think those breaks are eventually going to regress to the mean, right? I would like to see them let Bo Nix loose a little bit from a running perspective. Some of these quarterbacks, I've noticed these young quarterbacks – they will run the zone read so much and they never keep the ball. And at some point it's like, hey, Bo, you can run. Who is the backup now that Joey Gatewood is out of the question? Uh, it's this uh, old baseball player, Cord Sandberg. I don't know if he's related to Ryan or not, but he was like a four-star quarterback in like the class of like 2011 or something. <laughs> it's, it's Chris Winkie. And then he went, he went and played baseball for like four it years. Chris 
Let me let me Google him and see what year. Because yeah. he's got to be like yeah, twenty five. Cord Sandberg. Uh, yeah, he was an American. He's twenty four. He's going to turn twenty five in January. Uh, yeah, he. <laughs> let's see the the Phillies drafted him with the eighty ninth pick of the two thousand thirteen draft. So he signed, never made it to the majors. Uh, he's not doesn't appear to be related to Ryan. His father Chuck is a former baseball player. Where do we think Joey Gibbons uh, going to land? By the way, I, I have not made any calls. I mean, it seems like people are saying Kentucky, but it depends. If the the biggest issue you have with these quarterbacks, and this was we were going through this with Kelly Bryant last year at this time, they need to enroll by the January semester, but a lot of schools don't have time to really deal with them because they're trying to finish their seasons. Yep. So Kentucky's like, look, we'll take you right now. I think that I thought Florida I personally State would think, be an option if they had a coach. Right, exactly. So does he hold out? I mean, he wait, went there. Gonna, we forget. I mean, he that's where he wanted to go. If they would have taken him, he would have gone to Florida State. Yeah, it was very his recruitment was very weird. I forgot how early. Yeah, he here's committed. what happened. He he was going to commit to Florida State as like a sophomore, uh, and they wanted him. And he loved Florida State, and he told me he was committing. And I was at the camp, at the Florida State camp. He was going to commit. He's like, I'm going to finish this workout. I'm going to commit. I have the story ready. I wrote the story. He stunk up the workout. <laughs> so his one bad day kind of cost him. <laughs> and Florida State was like, nah. <laughs> so and then, right. and that was one bad Who day of workout, and he got his, his offer kind of pulled. Yeah, it was very it was very odd. And then he ended up committing. Oh, but he still committed like very, very early. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, uh, we're both going to take Auburn in that one. I think Gatewood, I think probably ends up at Kentucky, but, uh, that's just based on the way things are looking right now. Uh, Memphis traveling to Houston. Memphis is a 10 and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, I'm going to take Houston to cover. I don't think they win, but Memphis has kind of been like, you know, helter skelter. They almost lost to Tulsa. Uh, who actually beat UCF Tulsa <laughs> Tulsa almost beat the best like they barely lost to SMU they lost to Memphis because they missed the last second field goal and then they beat UCF so they're like two or three and six or whatever but they're is, a is Houston team. not actively tanking well they, they were but it's like they've been kind of hanging around with people uh, give me give me Memphis okay Memphis uh 10 and a half okay next oh wait hold on give me a second <laughs> I got a lot going on over here because this is the game of the week for this podcast. Texas, number 19, by the way, in the rankings, which they're overrated, I'm sure. Traveling to Iowa State, they are a number uh, – Iowa State is a seven-point favorite, five and four Iowa State. So I want to talk to you about a couple things. Iowa State. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Great conquering hero. Hold on. Before you start your rant, I want to get you, let me get you lathered up first here because I have some audio ready to play. So first, speaking of Bill Trochi, he messaged me on Monday, November 11th. And he says, for the president of the Matt Campbell Hater Club, which would be you, not me. I'm definitely vice president, right? Yeah. I, something like, yeah, I guess it's me. Okay. Here's, here's what he says. Iowa State is 5-0 and versus unranked. 0-4 versus ranked, but losses have come by 1-1, 2-7. Obviously got a win, but still impressive for Iowa State. Is it? Okay, wait. Okay, hold on. That's the first one. Now, let's go to the audio, because I always talk about how during the week I listen to other podcasts who love Iowa State, 
And this time I recorded other podcasts to play on our podcast. All right, let's hear it. So, so let's go to uh, uh, Bruce Feldman from the Audible podcast on The Athletic. One is Matt Campbell at Iowa State, who I really think, and I'm convinced now, Matt Campbell, I think if I'm USC, he's somebody who should, I would definitely have on, on my radar because I, I think he's that good. Okay. <laughs> no, wait, wait, one more. You have not heard this one, Rob. Next up. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Stanford Steve, of course, from the Scott Van Pelt Show. And the Bear from College Game Day. Let's go to another clip from this week's show. The, the rankings last night and seeing Texas back in there and certain other 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 teams. And, like, Iowa State is 5-4. and four. But if you look at, like, their That's power rating, team in the country. They, they're, they're 16th in the football power index in terms of power ratings. Are they? Yeah. And they're a seven-point favorite. Over the team that's what nineteenth in the college football playoff twenty five, but like they they they, they are they and probably Washington might be is in there as well. Like the greatest difference between like what your record is as opposed to what like, like your true power rating is. Like, <laughs> Best five and four team in the country says Stanford Steve. So Rob, your thoughts on well, all those? I, I just what sticks with me is I just remember when we were doing this dance with Paul Rhodes when he came in there and went seven and six. His first year, and you know he went six. He won six games. He took Iowa State to a bowl game two out of the next three years, and everybody was like, "Paul Rhodes is going to get a job. Paul Rhodes is on the list." That this is the exact same dance we did this with Paul Rhodes, the last coach. It's the same thing. He's going to be the head coach at blah blah blah, and then they fired him. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to fire Matt Campbell, but doesn't it kind of seem like Chad Morris 2.0? Like. It, it, is nobody going to guard against that where a guy had success at a place where you don't really have to recruit at a high level. You can, the line for being awesome is eight wins, eight wins at Iowa state is 11 wins at anywhere else. Apparently it's, it's insane, especially after what just happened with Rhodes and with the, and with the Arkansas coach. I just, I don't know. I feel like we're getting a little carried away with the Matt Campbell train. I I had an Arkansas fan DM me about Matt Campbell and he, he says, I've never watched an Iowa state game in my life, but I looked at their recruiting rankings. And I mean, is it going to be any different at Arkansas? If that's where he goes, he's not gonna be able to recruit there either. I mean, high school football players do not know who Matt Campbell is. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. They don't. Okay, so you actually you always harp on Paul Rhodes. If you if you remember, before Paul Rhodes was Gene Chizik, who went five and nineteen at <laughs> Iowa State before being hired and won by the Auburn. National Championship. Uh, and won the national championship two years later, which was one of the craziest. And then, of course, was fired two years. Went three and nine two years after. So that let's do out. this. Who has ever come from uh, Iowa State that's been good? Uh, Chizik. <laughs> Dan McCarty, where did he go after Iowa State? Did Colorado and do pretty well. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Boy, let me hold on. Let me look. Sorry, no, I had it he just up here it was just over it. for him. Um, no, he went to. Uh, yeah, he he resigned after going okay. four and eight. Uh, and then he went on to uh, be like an assistant coach. He was the head coach of North Texas from twenty. I just and nothing against Paul Rhodes. He's a fine coach. I'm not saying he's going to get fired. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He's a good coach. I just don't think he's the head coach at USC. Yeah, Matt Campbell, you mean? Not the same guy. 
<laughs> Easy to kid him. No, our boy Dan did go to five bowls there. He went he went for to a lot of bowls before he before he finally quit. And then of course Paul Rhodes, as you mentioned, went to the old pinstripe. insight bowl and then he missed the bowl and then and then the pinstripe and the Liberty Bowl. Which is crazy because that came and went to the Liberty uh, Bowl. And of course, <laughs> oh that's right. Beat Memphis twenty one to twenty. So <laughs> It's just, I I just wanted people to know that we are not, I'm not exaggerating when I say every week I listen to other college football shows and they just talk up Iowa State. Now, Bill's point that they lost games close, great. You lost it. You have to win those games. You have to win. Okay. You win one or two of them. Then maybe I three. We're still, we're counting moral victories in year three. Right. Yeah. We're five and four. The only place place where that Uh, qualifies you to be the head coach. At USC is at Iowa State. Oh, we're at year four, by the way, not year three. Three and nine the first year, eight and five, eight and five. Well, the way this podcast goes, now. Matt Campbell is probably going to be the next Nick Saban. He'll go to USC and win 13 national championships. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're Tom Herman. Uh, you know, being skeptical of Tom Herman right now is, Look, is sort it, of no, and looking to pat myself on the back. You so, know, the, the exact quote that I had when they hired Tom Herman is that I thought Matt Rule was what everybody thought Tom Herman was. Right, and we can talk about that later. I personally think we're still in that situation where Matt Rule is a way better coach. He was always a way better and coach. program. He's the one that won that AAC league the year that they both got hired in the Big Twelve, but everybody forgets that. <laughs> All right, so we're both going to take Texas then. (laughs) Seven points, getting seven on the road. I I do like that one. That one would probably also be a shootout. Uh, West Virginia traveling to Kansas State. Kansas State is a 14.5-point favorite. I think West Virginia's shut her down. Speaking of tanking, uh, I will take Kansas State. Yeah, me too. uh, I feel like the only game I won last week, or one of like three, was Texas Tech and West Virginia. And I don't know a lot about Texas Tech. I bet it strictly on the ineptitude of the Mountaineers. And it paid, so I'll take I'll take the cats. All right, next up, <clears throat> big game: Minnesota traveling to Iowa. Uh, Minnesota up to number eight in the in the old rankings. I kind of wanted to touch on that real quick. You know, everyone is all mad oh, with the SEC. Okay, I do think that Minnesota and Baylor should be ranked higher just because they're undefeated, and if they lose, then you can drop them out. But you know, well, at some point, what's the point of playing the games if the teams that win all their games don't have a shot here? So I, I think if they keep winning, they'll be fine. But uh, once you lose a game, guess what? Oregon fans, Utah fans, Oklahoma fans, once you lose a game, you can't complain anymore. You just, you're at the mercy of the court at that point. And obviously it's a weird system. And that's why we don't really talk about the playoff rankings because it's like, yeah, these, you know, these teams it'll are all work lose. itself out. Teams, There's no point. Georgia is going to lose. Right. There's, yeah, there's no point getting all worked up about it now because we still have several, several weeks to play and lots of teams will lose and lots of teams will win and things will change. So uh, Minnesota is a three-point underdog going on the road to Iowa. I'm taking Minnesota. I'm rowing the boat once again. This line is fishy, but because uh, they're basically saying these two teams are, are even. I know Iowa has a good defense. I just think Minnesota has more playmakers. The night game? Yeah. Uh, it's at uh, uh, four p.m. So basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, things get weird there when it gets dark. Uh, I uh, give me the give me the hot guys. 
Um, that was a that was a shot at how <laughs> early it gets dark there <laughs> in the winter time. This time of year, I mean, we're really about just taking it. a crap. Uh, <laughs> you know, one time I was at an Iowa State game and they served me lasagna at a nine a.m. kickoff. <laughs> Yeah, they probably probably was about to get dark uh, late, late in the year. I mean, I'm going to look up the sunset in uh, Iowa City when I get a chance. What time the sun sets? Uh, LSU traveling to Ole Miss. LSU a 21-point favorite. Uh, I think this one could get a little weird in terms of being a high-scoring game, but I think LSU uh, covers I am taking. I'm taking the Rams, the Land Sharks or whatever. Um, I, I just, you know, I think <laughs> – most of the time, the idea of a letdown game seems like a myth to me. But in this situation, I just – I feel like LSU is due for a scare. I, they'll win this game easily, but I, I don't think they're going to cover. Okay. Do you want to know what time the sun sets at Iowa City today? 5.07? 4.47 p.m. So, <laughs> when I, so, so when I said it was a night game, but the game starting at 4, I'm just not lying. Uh, guess what? Speaking of college football podcasts – John Reese Plumley is about to be someone's name who you hear a million times over the next two or three years. Are we going to have him be in the Heisman discussion? Yeah, heading into the Heisman candidate. Oh, yeah. He's a very exciting player, but uh, he fits the perfect bill of uh, things for uh, college football Twitter to get excited about. So uh, I would expect him to make a couple of really good plays in this game. But uh, all right, moving on. Cincinnati traveling to USF. USF kind of saved their season when they put in uh, – Ray Ray's bro bro at quarterback. Uh, they're now four and five, and they are a fourteen point home underdog. But they've been a little frisky. Uh, who you got here, Rob? Does Ray Ray still play in the NFL? Ray Ray McLeod? Uh Well, he was on the Panthers, and he had some problems. He was on the uh, Chiefs too for a second, wasn't he? No, he was on the Bills, oh. and then he was on the Panthers to start the year, and he had some problems with some fumbles on the. He was their punt returner, and he kept muffing it or fumbling it, and he got cut. So I think he is. Might be on a practice squad somewhere, but yeah. Who'd you take? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna take Cincinnati, but this is a fishy one too. The way the the way these AAC games have been going, like Cincinnati was lucky to escape ECU with a win. Uh, I'm a little nervous, but I'm gonna take Cincinnati. I'm gonna roll with you. I really still like the Cincinnati defense. I I know every week it gets a little bit less emphatic for me to (laughs) my my take on that gets less emphatic, but. I, I'm going to stick with the Bearcats. All right, Oklahoma traveling to Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma number 10, by the way, and Baylor number 13. Uh, who is – could you remind me <laughs> Oklahoma beat Texas and that's it? Uh, they won an early season non-conference game. Who did they beat? Didn't they beat somebody to open the year? Oh, they beat Houston and UCLA and South Dakota. Yeah, I guess. I guess they just beat Texas. All right. I mean, I understand. Texas is actually the only team they've played that was ranked at the time. Yeah, that's a little weird. I don't know. Baylor's – you want to talk about – everybody thinks that Minnesota's getting no respect. Baylor. <laughs> yeah, Baylor's a 10-point underdog. I'm taking Baylor. I could see them getting blown out because they've they've also lived a little dangerously uh, over the past few weeks. Last week, uh, a perfect example, but they're getting 10. Because when was the last time Oklahoma looked good? Right, exactly. Well, they, the first half of that game, but their defense is not – you know, the, the reports – their defense being fixed were uh, premature. We can put it that way. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a first-half scare against Kansas. They lost to K-State. They had a scare last week. Was there a game in between there, too? Uh, no, I think they went from straight from Kansas State to uh, 
Yeah, two Iowa. Yeah, they have not looked good in a while. I, I'm taking I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, they beat Texas by seven, and then they they blew out West Virginia, but I believe that game was close uh, early on or until like halftime maybe. But yeah, that the, they've been toying around with teams, and eventually you play with fire, you're going to get burned. So uh, we're both taking Baylor. Uh, App State traveling to Georgia State. App State a 16 and a half point favorite, I believe. Georgia State will be without their quarterback, uh, Dan Ellington. I think he's hurt. So I am going to take App State uh, minus the 16 and a half. I'm riding with you. They almost lost, too. I mean, they did. <laughs> oh, they did lose. No, no, they won. They beat, excuse no, me. They, they did. They almost lost. They beat uh, South Carolina, uh, which was a game I wanted to pick. That was one of the games I got you on last week, I think. Um, I, think I feel you, like you got me in a lot of games last week. Yeah, I think week, you picked old. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but uh, anyway, moving on. Next next game, eight o'clock. Fox. I, I saw a commercial for this. When I was at the gym this morning from like it was like during the local Fox like morning broadcast, and they were like Saturday Night Football, UCLA at Utah, <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, I'm sure these Southern people are thrilled for the primetime UCLA Utah matchup. Uh, give me the Utes. Twenty one and a half. Twenty one and a half. Huntley has been like sort of injured and playing through it, if I'm correct. Is that right? But Zach Moss is the story. Uh yeah, Huntley's been yeah, but Huntley's been playing really, really well lately. Really, really well despite being injured. He's I'm telling you, like I wish I would have ranked that kid higher. And yeah, I you knew it the second one. the second he, he even went to fall camp, I was like I was started to regret it. <laughs> yeah, you, you I know you were mad about it. Florida. And I, you know, if that if Tyler Huntley comes through any other year than my first year down here, he's a four star. Well, here was the I biggest choked. issue with, with Huntley, and we've talked about it, is he will look amazing, and then he will just throw some horrible interception, like one play later. Yeah. So that that's what like held you up on it, you know. You know, we should have we should have we had Moss a four star too. We dropped him because we thought he was too slow. Well, that's because we had college coaches telling us he stunk. I mean. <laughs> You know, that's the issue. Is That's why people are like, oh, these co- think you know more than the coaches? No, about X's and O's, I don't. But it, when a co- if it, I wish we had receipts on the college coaches who told us Zach Moss was too slow and, and he couldn't. Well, here's, here's the reason why that I, I do think we do know more about player evaluation sometimes is just because we see them more. Like coaches watch the game film, but do they really watch the game film or do they watch the highlight film? Do they see the bad plays? I, I don't. They don't actually get to be out there every week. I have seen Zach Moss infinitely more than any coach from any school in the country saw him. You know, just because I'm allowed to go to the camps and I'm allowed to go to games. Well, he, he won the MVP of our camp when he had no offers, if you remember. Yeah, I know. Um, and you didn't believe. And then we made him a four star, and then we dropped him because everybody decided. You know, it's on me. It's my fault. I decided he was too slow, uh-huh. which. For no real reason. Way to go, Rob. You blew it. Um, I did blow it. All right. Next up, New Mexico traveling to Boise State. The last – oh, excuse me. We're going to have an Oregon game. At least that, that, so that will be the last game. That's the last game of the night. New Mexico traveling to Boise State. Boise, a 28-point fa- home favorite. Uh, they, they had some problems with Wyoming last week, as we expected. Um, I'm going to take Boise, though. That, the New Mexico teams are terrible. Yeah, I can never even sort out whose logo is which with the New Mexico team, so I'm going to roll with Boise. All right, and last but not least, the Oregon Ducks, Pac-12 after dark, Arizona traveling to Oregon. Oregon at 27.5 point favorite. Arizona stinks. Yeah, they do. They're they're playing. You want to talk about dark horse Heisman candidates. Remember when when Khalil Tate was like 
the destined to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Well, they, they really, I mean, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, but they, talk about not playing to your strengths offensively. I mean, come on, man. Like, let's yeah, look. the second someone came in there, like, turned into, I don't know, they turned him into, I don't know what they did. It just has not worked. Right. So, so you're going to take the, you're going to take 27 and a half with the old duckies. Yeah. I'll take Mario. I'm going to, too, just because uh, you mentioned with Clemson and the style points, Oregon seems to be clicking too. I mean, their offense has looked uh, really, really good and they're going to have the, a night game at home. And I don't think Grant Gannell is going to be. <laughs> I think Arizona is one of the five worst power five teams. Really? Yeah. Uh, they're pretty bad. Who did they beat? They beat Texas tech. Um, <laughs> let me see who else they beat on that schedule. Northern Arizona, Texas Tech. They beat UCLA by three in a game I remember UCLA should have won. They beat Colorado. Since then, 51-27, 41-14, 41-31, 56-38. If Oregon State scored 56, you have to assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to assume. Maybe that. not one of the five worst. So you got Rutgers. You yeah, got – you got Kansas. You've got – we named another school that we thought was a, a terrible power. I said Mississippi, Mississippi State. State, which I think is probably fair. Talent-wise, um, I don't think they're one of the five worst, but the way they're playing, I think so. Surely there's some. Oh, Arkansas, of course. Oh, Vanderbilt. Yeah, Arkansas has to be in there before uh, Mississippi State, because Mississippi State beat them. So Yeah, I think Kansas would be favored in a game against Arkansas in a neutral field. Man, Washington State, one in five in the Pac-12. Can you believe that? No. A rough year for our boy Leach. Um, all right, so that wraps up with the picks. We want to touch on. I had I had some. I kind of wanted to talk about Dion, but Nick and I talked about it. Nick Nick, by the way, made a compelling case for them to hire Dion. Uh, which, if you haven't heard that, I would I would recommend going back and listening. Um, I wish I would have been on the show. Did you remind him that he he ran a fake school that he founded into the ground? <laughs> yeah, but you, you should have. Well, Nick's Nick's point was that. That Dion would just be a CEO type. He hired two. You you make Hagen. That's what everybody coach. says when they know the guy is not a good coach. <laughs> that's, that's it. He was like, you make Hagen's the DC, you make the Browns the OC, and let Dion just be the face of the program. But it was actually the kids don't know who he is. They weren't born when he retired from the NFL. Okay, I mean, well, if you, the kids in Florida know who he is, but that's it. Had you been on the podcast instead of sleeping, you could have had the argument. <laughs> no, I don't regret that at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Florida State coaching search. We want to talk about it real quick because it does not seem like it's getting a lot of pub. Seems like okay. So, so the rumor was they want to hire Bob Stoops. Okay, let's, let's set. The, let's reset here. Uh, the AD comes out and says they want to hire Bob Stoops. Then the high and mighty Oklahoma media says Bob Stoops is not interested in the job. And it, you know, like they're talking about their dad. Uh, then. All, Bob Stoops himself says he's not interested. Well, over the last weeks, so then everyone stopped covering it. The last week since then, it's been all Bob Stoops' rumors, right? Yeah, here's what happened. The national media decided that the Bob Stoops thing was fake, whether it is or not, and they just stopped covering it because nothing else has happened. So nobody really knows what's happening because everybody's decided that the Bob Stoops thing is fake. And it might be, but there's no other reporting happening. <laughs> it's just like we're at a stalemate because – uh, everybody's decided not to cover the Bob Stoops rumors. Yeah, but 
there's clearly something going on. It's like where there's a smoke, there's fire situation. Yeah, right? it's like him on a radio show and kind of backpedaled a little bit, saying he wasn't going to guarantee where he'd be next year. I don't know. It was some real talking out of your side of the mouth stuff that you hear from coaches that are getting ready to take a job. Well, one thing that, that Warchant wrote was that he had made commitments to the XFL and his friends are involved. It's like the XFL is, is BS. If you want to coach, go take a real job. The XFL is Deion Sanders' fake school of football leagues. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you you know, it's not, he would honestly be better off if like Bob Stoops really wanted to get the whole coaching vibe, and but he didn't want to go be a college coach. He'd be better off coaching like some really good high school program in Texas. I mean, I could, I could see it happening. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not one of these people that's just decided it's fake uh, because there's too much smoke for it to mean nothing. But I also think that you and I have agreed that this week, it seems to be a concerted effort to float Odell Haggins' name out there to see how people would react. Because yeah, all of so a sudden, this, yesterday or two days ago, there were like 30 Odell Hackett stories from every media outlet. Yeah, this is Rob's theory. Rob, is, Rob and, it, and I think it, it has some merit. Rob thinks that they want to hire Haggins, and if they don't get Stoops, it's going to be uh, Odell Haggins, who's the assistant coach and has been a long time uh, D-line coach there. He's been with the program through – I think he went from – from Bowden to Fisher to Taggart. So he's kind of been like a mainstay and he's the interim. And he's and done well as the interim. He did well as the interim last year. It's yeah, they, yeah, they hoping the to recapture some of that Orgeron magic, you know? Right. So I don't know. It could happen. I think there are I think there are some sneaky signs there. Keep an eye on that though. Is his, our commitment issues faithful listeners. That's Rob's uh, Rob's reading the tea leaves based on what he's seeing with the reporting. And, and it's just it's so clear that somebody at Florida State wants his name out there, and it's not Odell, because you don't see simultaneously every outlet that covers the program have three Odell stories immediately. If somebody's not at least let's float this out there and see how the fans react. And then all the players are tweeting about him yesterday at the same time. I, something's going on, and I'm not saying they're going to hire him, but they definitely want to see how it would be received. And this happens almost every time there's an interim coach. The coach, the players, oh, the players walked into the AD's office and said, "We want him to stay." They it happened. I mean, it happened with Cristobal at Oregon. That's worked out for them. I remember they had like a petition or something. Yeah, it obviously worked out with Orgeron. And right. think about it; it could have worked out at USC for Orgeron. Uh, the players did it, and USC decided to ignore them and continue to be awful. Yeah, USC should have listened to to the players who wanted them to keep him. Um, all right, so real quick before we wrap up, I complained on the last show about I went to a party and I complained about the lack of food, but I forgot to complain about some other things. <laughs> so, real quick, I was at the party and of course uh, some guy starts talking to me. He says, "Oh, so how do you know uh, Amanda and Daniel?" <laughs> and I just, I, I just went, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew. And I knew in my head it was me being a jerk. But I mean, what do you say when you've known someone for like 10 years? I don't, I don't know. We're friends. What, what do you want me to say? We're here at the party. <laughs> the guy's just trying to make small talk with you. I know. The guy like then he tried to like follow up. He's like, oh, drinking buddies? I was like, no, no. no. <laughs> and that was the end of any conversation. You should have told them that you were one of the one of their AA sponsors. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, actually, yeah, I'm Daniel. I'm Daniel's sponsor. He's been in and out of the program. Uh, so the, here's the, my big complaint, though. I can't believe I forgot this. So I've had a big issue with men. Uh, <laughs> you and the rest of the internet, buddy. Uh, yeah. 
Where Jezebel, get at me. Uh, your friend Amanda, or whatever her name is. Get she, in my she works, at, yeah, she works at the Atlantic. So the issue is these guys, and there was a lot of kids running around at this party. These dads who just act like they're so incompetent that they can't take care of their own children. Like this guy was, you know, and I understand it's shtick. I get it. You're trying to be funny. But this guy was like, oh, man, I was alone with my daughter for an hour just me and her, and boy, we made it through the whole time without watching the iPad once. It's like, what, what, you, you want a Medal of Honor for watching your own child for one hour? You know, it's no 14 straight days. but Right. This is, so, <laughs> this is such an accomplishment that you, you are able to watch the child that you decided to create with your wife that you want that you've decided to bring it up in mixed company at a party to brag. I wanted to punch the guy in the face. I well, mean, it's the whole thing where like people get treated on airplanes, right? Where it's like if a dad is by himself with a kid on an airplane, he's praised as a conquering hero. <laughs> oh, look at you, dad. I mean, wow. To bring the and if, if moms with the people are yelling at him to shut the kids up. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, dads, take care of your kids and you you don't get it you don't get a prize. I'm sorry. You decided to have a kid. That's that. So if you're a dad out there listening to this, great, good, good, congratulations. You get congratulations from me if you help take care of your children. But don't, you know, oh, we were alone for one hour. What, so what goes on? A lot of these people think that it's misguided. It's definitely misguided, but I think they think it's a compliment to the mother. Like, oh, it's such a hard job. The only person that can do it is mom. Is what they, they think that's how it's coming off, but how it's coming off is – I'm incompetent. I hate my kid. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's like, I, I, I mean, the guy had a lot of, there was a lot of Chrisley knows the best vibes, if you know what I mean, uh, from <laughs> this, uh, this dad. So I, I was like, I even had to double check. I was like, is, this, is that, is that that kid's dad or the husband? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, last but not least, real quick, uh, I did get in a fight with my neighbor Uh <laughs> the other day, which is an X-rated story in terms of uh, my language, but I can't tell. I told it to Rob when it happened off the air. So the power went out here uh, the other day. Uh, It was really windy and cold. I think a tree fell on the power line. So we're without power for like four or five hours. It's 30 degrees. It's cold. I had bought a generator during the summer, brand new generator, because I was like, man, I'm not going to be stuck when the power goes out. I'm going to have a generator now. Well, of course, I could never get it to start in the summer. And then I just put it away in the garage and was like, yeah, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> so I go outside with me and uh, my new puppy, Nash, who uh, my other dog died, Grizz, RIP, poor one out for the homie. Yeah, uh, and so, you know, Nash is a puppy. He's a German shepherd. The problem is he already weighs like 50 pounds. <laughs> he's still a puppy. And so Nash was out there with me hanging out. Uh, I, I wasn't paying attention as I was trying to start this thing and Nash ran over to the house next door. Okay. Now these people next door, they've lived there. These are the people with the Haya neighbor bumper sticker on their car that have never said hi to me once. Um, and you know, Nash started to kind of run up to steps and I saw him and I called him back and I put him in the house. And when I come out, the neighbor is out in his, his out on his little walkway holding his daughter and he's your your dog scared my daughter okay first of all this guy's got a dog that's like this giant poofy dog that barks and sounds like a chihuahua and barks and wakes me up multiple (laughs) times per week right yep 
and he's a dog person. So, so, so look, so here, so here's my point. So he, t- so I say, oh, sorry, he's a puppy, you know. And then the guy, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows you get one, one sorry, maybe two max. And then if you keep pushing it, I'm gonna lose it. It's happened countless times to multiple. Sometimes people in you my don't life. get any sorries, but <laughs> on certain right, games, you get a couple sorries. You get a sorry from Woody, and then you say, okay, I understand. So this guy say, ah, sorry, he's a puppy. I was trying to get the generator started. The guy cuts me off mid-sentence to say, say, you keep your dog on a leash. And away we go. (laughs) (laughs) And I say, you know what? I'll do whatever that I want to do. You know? (laughs) I said that the dog, and then I, I told him that basically if the dog comes over there and scares his daughter, you got to do what you got to do. This is exactly what, (laughs) <laughs> just say what you said <laughs> well i can't you know i don't want to get uh PETA involved here but i basically said look it's a stand your ground situation you'll have, come- you have to slay my dog in not right <laughs> right if the dog comes over there and is threatening your daughter i said do what you got to do okay <laughs> that's not what you said but okay <laughs> well no i did say that in addition to Okay. I, I said, you know, I suggested options of things he could do. <laughs> My favorite thing is that the people that don't know you and have not been around you maybe don't think that this is literal. It's it's literal. <laughs> so I tell the guy basically what his options are to do with my dog if he if he has such an issue with my dog. And then he tells me again, just put it on a leash, won't be a problem. I said, This is my okay, the guy rents the house next door. I said, I own this house and I'll do whatever I want here. If I want to let my dog run around throughout the whole neighborhood, I will. Nothing you could do to stop me. This is unincorporated DeKalb County, okay? Here we go. You know, <laughs> you got a problem with it? Pack your stuff up and go rent a house in some other neighborhood. Don't, don't tread on me, Womack. Right. <laughs> so, needless to say, we went round and round for a minute. And then he, he was still imploring me for an apology, <laughs> at which point... I said, I'm so sorry. And then I bowed to him with my, like, like Bogwan. Tell me that part. Oh yeah. I left that part out. Cause I, so I bowed to him like I was the Bogwan, uh, <laughs> as part of my sarcastic apology. And then I walked off and I haven't seen the guy since, but I can tell you, this is not, we're not in a great neighborly spot here. Uh, the problem is this guy doesn't know what I'm capable no, look, of. And you and I are in the same situation. Ever since that homeowner lady pushed my trash can against my door and I caught her right in the note, uh, it's been one thing after another here too. So we're probably both going to get evicted from our neighborhoods. <laughs> well, you are in. You live in a thing with a little like organization, right? There's like yeah, a homeowners. Yeah, it's, like a, it's a town. No. Like of townhomes. I purposely moved into a place that had no oversight because. I would never have anybody telling me what to do or else I would get kicked out. And now this guy is now on my radar and, you know, let's just say there's, there's a lot of retributions that can be had when, when I go crazy. Well, I, will, things like- I will have the listeners know that when I ran into my problems a couple of years ago, at the beginning of them, your advice to me was to go defecate in the homeowner association's lawn, <laughs> the president's lawn. <laughs> I, well, it was a cat litter issue, wasn't it? So the poop was involved. So it was a tit for tat. Yeah, absolutely. There was a poop problem with Rob's 
and how, kitty litter. And how you and you how you solve the the poop problem? I guess is to go crap in. I said, why don't you go poop in their trash? I either said poop in their trash can or poop poop in their yard or their front porch. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely have advocated for pooping on people's front porches or yards. So. <laughs> Here's 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 how the situation. So I'm at fault because my dog ran into his yard, right? So I admit that. But as another dog owner, the guy should say, "Hey, man, your dog ran over here." Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, he's kind of a scary looking dog. He's scary. first of all, the dog <laughs> is a service dog who got rejected for being too friendly. Okay. And you know what his brothers and sisters do? They work with kids with autism. Uh, so, and Nash was deemed too—he was deemed too friendly to work with kids with autism because you know. So let's not make it seem like he's running over there to bite your daughter's face off. Not to mention, what is your daughter out in the front yard by herself? <laughs> it's 2019. You can't let that happen. Yeah, your girl's like two years old, and, and you know. So so anyway. The point is, I was at fault. All he had to do was act like a normal human and say, "Hey, you know, you know, uh, hey, I'm sorry." Because it wasn't like the dog was over there growling at them. The dog walked over, wagging its tail, trying to lick the girl in the face or something. So, I could have easily said, if he said, "Hey, you know," but he he immediately kind of like bowed up with me, and uh, not to mention, of course, they're fully. When it's cold here, I just go outside in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> And these guys, they're all bundled up. So I already look like a lunatic uh, in more ways than one. And my poor neighbors on the other side, I had to tell them what, what happened. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah. he kind of looks scary. Dude, the dog know? or the neighbor? No, the dog. Nat, Nash looks scary because he's a German shepherd, you know, uh, but he's still a puppy. So anyway, if you got any feedback on how crazy I am. Uh, <laughs> if you want me to crap. Yeah, if you want me to dog. poop in someone's yard for you. Just let me know. There was an oh, there was another neighbor down the street who got mad at me for throwing the dog's poop bag in his <laughs> trash can, and I had cooked up a plan where I was going to collect all the poop bags in one bucket and then dump them on his front porch. But oh, I didn't follow through. <laughs> Rowdy neighbors. Needless to say, poop is my first line of defense against uh, all my neighbors. So. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back with another show next week. Hopefully no coaches get fired, but if they do, we'll have a special edition, and if not, it'll be Rob and I next week. So, M. Deuce, uh, play us out.